But once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his, his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. Not a father figure. Till the end of time. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. Welcome back to 88.3 WQT's After Further Review. I'm back here with Frank Vashner and myself. And uh, Frank, we got a special guest on the line here as we've got John Vandevacay here. What's up, John? Hey, I'm doing great. It's sunny, almost 55 degrees here in Toledo. Um, so can't, can't beat that. Um, glad to be back on again with you. And... Uh, Gonna talk some hoops as usual. That's about the only thing I really know. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's let's get to it. Yeah, uh, John. We I told him that ESPN has Dickie V here on our station. We have Johnny V. <laughs> there you go. You know we got a lot of similarities, Derek and Frank. You guys probably don't realize that Vital was an elementary school teacher oh, before he became before he became a college coach so and i have uh i've met dickie v been in his company a few times um so uh i can relate you know and he's got a little less hair than i do but i'm i'm you know i'm hanging in there uh but uh i'll I'll take it guys I, i i i could take anything i can get at this point in my career yeah, yeah. So, your thoughts on the NBA trade deadline? Well, quite interesting. I think you got to start off with what Orlando did, um, getting rid of four of their top five players. Um, you know, they basically, uh, you know, when Fultz went down with the injury, um, they they went down too. So they just kind of, you know, they're going to rebuild. And uh, you know, Steve Clifford, their coach very well-respected coach. Um, They felt, you know, that he was the man they needed, but they needed some other players. So um, got rid of a lot of stuff. Uh, Be interesting to see how they retool. That's going to be a rebuild for a few years. Um, You know, a couple teams, I think Miami getting old people, even though he's coming off the knee injury or what he had there, that leg injury, he came in and uh, played very well the other night last week so you know that's significantly going to help uh miami um you know and then um you know the other one denver getting aaron gordon i think is going to really really help them um you know gordon is a kind of a uh do-it-all type guy uh you know we used to call him kind of like a utility guy back in the day but you guys call him like a swiss army knife you know, it's like the other night when Frank came over and he wanted a he needed a can opener for his beverage. And I said, yeah, go check my Swiss Army knife. And Frank liked it so much, he tried to walk out of my place with it. And I said, stop right there, Frank. Uh, that's Swiss, that Swiss Army knife is mine. So um, but Gordon's going to give him Gordon's going to give him that, that versatility. I think they need at that three, four position. And, uh, you know, Denver gave up Gary Harris and a couple other guys. So, boy, just a lot of, lot of action. And then, you know, you, you had uh, deals that they thought you'd go through with Toronto trying to get rid, uh, you know, move on from uh, Lowry. Um, and they decided to keep him. But I think he'll be a trade. He'll get traded this summer. So let's 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 break it down a little bit. Actually, we'll go back to your original point. Orlando made a made a lot of trades, but first off, they yeah. made some good trades with my team, the Bulls, where uh, the Bulls received Nikola Vucevic and Alfred Amin. Alfred Aminu. Aminu. 
Also, yeah. they go over to the Bulls while Orlando receives Wendell Carter, who used to play for Duke, and Otto Porter that was signed from yeah. Washington. And then Orlando also receives draft consideration from the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, well, you know, the Bulls are right there. They're like 19 and 22, 23. So they feel, you know, um, getting Vucevic, uh, give him some scoring that they probably lacked. And, uh, you know, these teams are all positioning themselves either for a championship run, a playoff run, or retool. So um, Chicago is in that playoff. You know, yes. they're trying to get in the playoffs. Billy Donovan's done a heck of a job. So uh, I, I kind of like it for both teams, you know. I mean, uh, Orlando got some good young players. Porter's or Otto uh, Porter's been around uh, for, a, you know, a few years. But uh, Wendell, Wendell uh, is going to be a good player. He's just still developing, big guy. And, of course, they're draft picks. So, I think it was kind of a win-win for both those teams. Yeah, the Bulls also got uh, Javante Green from Boston and Daniel Tice from the Celtics. Which, I mean, the Bulls, yeah. it seemed like to me the Bulls yeah. pretty much did a heck of a job with this. I mean, they were going really nowhere yeah. with their team. Billy Donovan, you, you, you explained it, a really great job with the with the Bulls. But it's, a lot of the guys they got rid of, I think that they were decent but didn't live up to potential, especially Wendell Carter. I mean, I watched the game when he played Cleveland right before the trade deadline, and uh-huh. athleticism has a lot of potential, but just can't finish around the basket. And, and those are points that you need, especially in in the NBA. I mean, I understand it's a three yeah. point, it's a three point league, but you need your bigs to be finishing around the basket where there's more of a higher percentage for field goals. Absolutely, Derek. You need them to be efficient, and you know. Um, he has not proven that yet, so we'll see. He's still young. You got to remember, he's like twenty-one. Yes, yes. So, but we don't have time so, for that. I mean, sometimes yeah. you just don't have time for 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 rookies to to develop. Vucevic, I mean, yeah, he's absolutely. an all-star. You need at least two all-stars on your team to be at least in playoff contention. Zach Levine was an all-star, and he was getting a lot yeah. of points, but somehow the Bulls just kept losing and. At some point, you know, you just kind of have to kind of, you know, retool or change it up a little bit, like you said. And the Bulls, they're, yeah. they're right now, I believe, either eighth or ninth place. This year in the NBA, you're going to be doing the play-in games where seventh and eighth seed play each other and the ninth and tenth seed mm-hmm. play each other. So uh, they, they, that's what they want to be in. And plus with the East, you know, if you go on a good run, you know, the Hornets have lost key pieces. The Bulls go on a good run here at the end of March into April. They could probably be all – as far as up as third or fourth. So, you know, to see where that's going. No, no question about it. You know, they got some pieces with, with Zach Levine. I, I like him. And uh, you had Vucevic and a few of their other guys. They're, they're looking uh, they're looking like they're, they're going to move up. And then Aaron Gordon won in a trade, so obviously they were going to get rid of him. And it, what it tells you, I feel sorry for Orlando because sometimes – me for the trade deadline i'm happy like yeah the bulls are getting better and it looks like we want to see some winning basketball but then i've also been on the other end of it with the bulls where you already know it's over let's just pick up these trash contracts and some players that aren't very good and it's going to be a long end of the season and that's where orlando pretty much going of course those trash contracts usually have some draft capital attached to them yeah, and I and I think what John Hammond did down there at Orlando, he's no dummy. He's getting rid of those contracts that maybe have one or two years left, so he doesn't get himself into like a Blake Griffin type situation where he's ending up paying, you know, they get nothing, you know, uh, and that happened with Aldridge a little bit. Some of these guys. Yeah, you go on, you go in, you go in the buyout. But the thing about it is, people say draft capital, draft capital. I'm sorry, but let's face it: no 18, 19 year old kid is going to help you win a basketball game in the pros. It's a grown man's league. I mean, you can be LeBron James. You know, look at Zion Williamson; he's struggling. I mean, you can be a phenom and come in the league. It's going to take a few years before you really get it going. And some of these teams, I'm tell, I've told Darren Cohn in uh, in our segment uh, from. 
when we taped on Thursday night. The NBA is almost becoming like almost like Major League Baseball, where you got some teams that are just becoming like G League farm teams. They're collecting the draft capital. They're drafting these young players that are talented. They go in there. They do three or four years for their contract, and then when the contract's up, they're going somewhere else. Or you got to deal the kid because. And that's how baseball yeah. is. You just got teams that just are like little farm systems in the major leagues. And, and I hate to say it, but it looks like that's where the NBA is kind of going. Yeah, well, it, you know, no question about it. I mean, you, you look at Detroit, you look at Cleveland, you look at, you know, uh, Orlando now. And uh, it's uh, it's 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 kind of taken that model after Major League Baseball, no doubt. Well, how about this one, guys? Um, oh, I think one of the big trade deadline winners was Sam Presti, Oklahoma City Thunder GM. I think now they've got they have a ton of draft capital in like the next. What, 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 I just what did I just say? What is what are you going to get out of draft capital? You have no clue. It, no eighteen, nineteen year old kid is going to win in the grown man league. That's it. You can collect well, all that. Look at the Celtics. Collect all that draft capital. We got draft capital. What is that going to do? Well, you, you, I'm not saying if they had to keep it and make Pixlin, they can use it to possibly acquire her some pieces down the road. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I understand they're stacking picks, but that's, you, we need to win now. What are you picking up? Like I said, you're not going to win with a team of an average age of 23 years old. This is just not going to happen. You need stars. Well, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, – Presty just was tried to just maneuver the best he could and get the most value if he thought it was future draft picks and and that and he couldn't get players then he stocks up on those you know it's yeah because here's what kind of kind of the way it's going you kind of just have to navigate each step by step when one step happens then you got how are you reacting to that that situation that occurred are you setting yourself up for, you know, future picks or are you trying to get players? Uh, it's, it, you know, these, these general managers now, it's, it's, uh, boy, it's such a, you know, with the money, with the way guys are wanting to move around. Um, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's crazy how, uh, how things change so quick. I mean, look at the Atlanta Hawks. My God, they, they, uh, you know, they fire the coach and start winning. <laughs> yeah, they won what nine out of the last eleven games. And then they trade Rajon, trade Rajon Rondo for Sweet Lou Williams, and he said, "You know what? Hey, I'm going to Atlanta, I, I did, and I want to I, I I, retire." Hey, plus hey, he can go to Magic City whenever he wants now. Yeah, that is that is true. He's from Atlanta, so yeah. now he can go to Magic Magic City and, and uh, get his love and peppers wings. Wings, which, right? Exactly. A, a only a Derek only Frank would know where that place is at. Right, he can um, go and hang him. Frank, Jack Harlow, uh, and Lou Williams can hang out and eat lemon pepper wings. A, I'll have to a, remember that the next time I go down to Atlanta. <laughs> you know, uh, I think that's a great deal for Atlanta. I watched them the other night. I think he fits in way better than Rondo did. You know, Rondo commanded the ball. Well, you got you know the point guard there, Trey Young. He's going to have the ball, and Lou Williams is. You know he can catch and shoot, and yeah, I think that's a or Atlanta's only going to get better with that. I do, you know, I do believe that the, the night before the trade deadline, Lou Williams is the all-time leading scorer, I think, for six man. Yeah, I, I 15, remember fifteen thousand, fifteen thousand points. I happen to hear yeah. you, know, you and Darren talking about that. Um, also, Javale McGee went to the Nuggets. The Cavs kind of that was kind of one of those. You're a veteran. Thanks for uh, trying to leave the young guys. Now we're going to try to get you with a winner because Javale won a championship last year. So yeah, you know, he was in the, now, the I, abyss I, of Cleveland. Here's another. I like that. Yeah. I like Denver. I, I think they definitely helped their cause. Mm-hmm. Well, here's another fun fact for you guys. Do you know that? All three players named Gary were traded on Thursday. Gary Harris goes from Denver to Orlando. Gary Clark goes from Orlando to Denver. And Gary Trent Jr. goes from Portland to Toronto, much like his father did. 23 years earlier. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? The Shack of the Mac, they used to call his father. Mm -hmm. They called him the Shack of the Mac, even though he was about 6'6", but he was about 230. Well, in the Mac, that's a big guy. (laughs) Well, back, but he was just a monster inside. 
He oh, played man. yeah, he played with Geno Ford. Um Yeah, he was just a double he was a double double machine, man. He was good. Um but I tell you they uh uh I you know, Gary here's the interesting thing. Portland they had, you know, Lillard, uh CJ McCollum, they had uh Trent Junior who really came on this year and said you know, exceptional year. And then they had that Afrony uh, Simmons guy. Mm-hmm. So that guy has come on. That kind of precipitated this trade, him getting better. So, boy, you know, Portland is really Yeah, but Portland developed. gets Norman, Norman Powell, who I believe he ended up putting up a 25-piece yes. while he got yeah. there. So Yeah, he's a scorer. But think about it. Portland has really drafted and developed guards there. Mm-hmm. I mean, because uh, I tell you what, I like that Simon guy. He's he's only twenty one. He's he's going to be a good player, and he shouldn't have and, won the dunk contest. Though, I'll tell you that right now. Though. Well, yeah, I, I didn't see that. It's, you didn't miss much. I, <laughs> yeah, Trent Junior has really come on. I and that's you know that's the interesting thing there. So that means you know what they're going to do with Lowry. They're getting ready to get rid of him because. Uh, my source out in San Diego, Coach Al's told me Malachi Flynn has come in and played some good games, and they really like his defense. Mm-hmm. So for a young guy, and I think that's what kind of what you're alluding to, Derek. These young guys, you know, they can't come in right away because they don't know defensive stuff. No, you know, NBA game. The NBA game is totally yeah. different than regular basketball. You got to actually. Yeah. I mean, obviously the court is wider. But the different different yeah. terms, and obviously the talent and the athleticism is way beyond what they've ever seen before. So it takes maybe, now obviously there's some rookie like a LeBron, but those are phenoms or a Jordan. You know, those are once-in-a-lifetime players that come in and just wreck shot when they get in the league. But majority yeah. of your players have to take some time to develop and learn the league. Look at Julius Randle. I mean, how long did it take yeah. him to click, and now he's having a great season with New York. What if, what about uh, Thibodeau? He'd probably be coach of the year this year, the Knicks haven't. Had this good good a season since uh, twenty thirteen. Yeah, it's been seven seven eight years. Yeah, yeah, and and I think also because management is getting out of the way. As long as Dolan stays out of the way, and let's let the Knicks uh, basketball people handle the basketball, they should be all good. Yeah. Uh, And then there was a whole. Trevor Ariza goes to the Heat. um, some other ones here. Uh, that was on February. Derrick Rose is gone. The Pistons got Dennis Smith Jr. Then they ended up picking up Corey Joseph. And the Pistons almost had an opportunity to tie the Nets because it was Blake Griffin going back to the Detroit. First time back in Detroit after the trade. He ended up getting 17. But the Pistons yeah. had a chance to actually tie, and Corey Joseph uh, missed the layup. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I liked his game from uh, Toronto. Um Detroit just—I don't know. Hey, I, hey, I hey, just, what happened? What's going on with Detroit? It looked like there was some promise. Then Blake Griffin gets hurt. They pick up Dwayne Casey. I feel bad for him because I think he's yeah. a really good coach. And due to unforeseen circumstances, one LeBron factor, he had some really good teams in Toronto. Just couldn't get past LeBron. LeBron goes out west. David Nurse takes over. Nick, Nick, sorry, Nick Nurse's brother's David yeah. Nurse. Nick Nurse takes over once yeah. the championship, and now Dwayne Casey is in the abyss of called Detroit yeah. at the five dollar holler arena, Little Caesars Arena. Yeah, and they're playing wonder, like a five dollar pizza. Yeah, they sit wonder, in dead last yeah, in the East. Yeah, and Casey's going to want to put up that. You know, I mean, this is his second year now in a row, and uh, he's a. You're right. He's a very, very good. You know. Uh, my buddy Monty Mathis coached with him in De- Den- or Dallas when they won the championship, and that got Casey a head job. You know, yes. and he really respects him and really thinks a lot of him as a coach. So, and he had he had some good solid years in Toronto, you know, mm-hmm. and then and then now it's, but he might want to hang with it. But uh, you know, they're going to have to <laughs> do it to the. They got Grant. That was a good piece, but. I can't figure out what I mean. I didn't. I did not like their draft pick at all. And then he gets hurt. Yeah, the hip injury. Um, yeah, I mean, he's actually yeah. really talented. I've seen him play, but the hip injury yeah, really, I really just, hurt. I just don't think he shoots enough 
well enough from that guard position. But he is 19. <laughs> he does he does have some good athletic ability. Uh, he's very good passer, but I thought they could have did better. But only time will tell, I guess. Derek. Right. Yeah, I, I Detroit just, uh, it just it was just bad. And like I said, once again, a team that said, "Well, we're going to invest in the draft. Well, this is what you got. You're going to be getting losses every night. It's going to be a yeah. long, cold, snowy in Detroit. Same thing with Cleveland. You're trying to go young, but it, it yeah, yeah. So NBA, that uh, it, it, a lot of this will remain to be see how it plays out. See who made the right moves and you know boston bringing in evan fournier they think that can give them a shot in the arm yeah fournier uh, yes, yeah yeah hopefully so uh, hopefully yeah they've kind of struggled but uh got a good coach in, in brad stevens so well we'll figure the, it out you know Dwayne casey he might want to stay with detroit but does detroit want to stay with him you know as usual exactly. the coach ends up being the uh the, the scapegoat, but I will say this: it was a very entertaining NBA uh, draft uh, trade deadline because normally stuff doesn't, doesn't really happen. I believe there was like seventeen different acquisitions or tr- trades on trade mm-hmm. deadline. I think that's been the most in at least over twenty years. I believe because usually most times on trade deadlines is uh, Frank likes to call Woj bombs. Uh, usually yeah. they're, they're as he also likes to say they're nothing burgers. It's just a bunch of talk teams just trying to throw names out there just to see what they can get. And if they don't get what they want, they'll just start doing trades during the draft because usually that's when most of the trades happen. But it seems like this year, like in back in the day in the nineties, it was a bunch of big blockbuster trade deals at midway season season point, and I was pretty impressed because I to be honest with you, John, I didn't think nothing was going to happen. I just thought it was a bunch of hot air talk, and we're going to keep going on, nothing to see here, move along. Well, here's the here's a tally from trade deadline. This is from Adrian Wojnarowski. There were sixteen trades involving twenty three teams and forty six roster players. That's the most ever in each category in the past 35 years on deadline day, and it looks like we lost John. Yeah, we did lose John. He'll be back on the line. I think he was, he's, he was actually on the on his um, way somewhere because you hear the turn signal in the background. Yeah. So we'll, uh, um, uh, we'll hopefully get back with him, and then we'll talk a little bit about the NCAA. Usually we have technical difficulties. That's how it always is, and there's John right now. So we got John back on the line. Uh Looks like you lost a little bit of signal there, John. Yeah, I'm moving, so I'm uh, might have got to a bad spot, but uh, yeah. So interesting, uh, you know, all the number of teams. Like I said, pretty much teams just retooling, just rebuilds, or looking to go to the playoffs, or looking to get to the t- uh, championship. And usually, prior years, it was those teams that looking the playoffs and uh the championship but you added that third element a lot of teams just going to rebuild retool and just a lot of a lot of interesting i think a lot of the teams fit in the middle they're just trying to get to that playoff and position it well in the playoffs so well what i like to call it is i like to call it the hamster wheel of the nba where you're not a contender but you're not a pretender, which sometimes you don't exactly. want. You don't want to be in the hamster wheel. It, it, yeah, it gets tiresome because you know what is the point every year of getting to the second round and getting bounced. I mean, yeah, great, you make the playoffs, great, you get a few extra games. You know, you get a couple season ticket holders, get a few extra games to see you. But at the end of the day, you're not. What are you playing for? At least when you're a pretender and you know that you suck, you at least you are playing for getting, I guess, draft capital or finding that hopefully winning it big in the lottery. To get that superstar, and then obviously when you're a contender, you're looking for that that golden trophy. But when you're in the middle, what the heck are you playing for? Absolutely, absolutely. So when we move on from the NBA to the NCAA, how, how, what are you? What are your thoughts on it? Well, um, I'm, I'm, you know, it's just an interesting year because a lot of these teams didn't go out of conference earlier, so well, it was <laughs> made the- it. I, COVID, yeah, yeah. So it was made it really difficult to really compare apples to apples. And you look at the Pac-12 and, uh, you know, how well they've done. And, you know, I watched them, and I knew they had some good teams at the top, but I didn't think they would, you know, uh, be 
that you know play as well as they have. So, you know, hats off to the Pac-12. Um, and then you got you know Oral Roberts here, a, a team that probably no one even watched the whole year. No, they don't even elected. know they they existed. They're a little small private well, school in yeah. Tulsa. Yeah, the little guard just you know led the nation in scoring, and then they're big kids. So, uh, but in in Loyola, Chicago, I seen them a couple times, and, and and you know they play very similar to they did the other couple years ago when they got to the Final Four. But I think their bubble's going to burst today. Um, I just you know I I think uh, you know I think it's it's Gonzaga's to lose. I Baylor's right right there. I think Baylor's the better combined offensive defensive team but um boy when gonzaga's on or a little close to being on they could just score like you you know nobody else and uh but i i tell you what baylor's a team that can use their athleticism and and defend against them and and they're pretty good offensively so that that to me would be a great great game of two of the probably better teams Michigan, you know, they've, despite losing uh, livers, uh, they're they're solid. They're just Hunter Dickinson. Mm, they got makes the, them the, the, so tough. Yeah, he, he is just, tough. And I and I will ask you this: um, I thought they were going to lose to LSU because I saw their uh, athleticism was a close game, and Michigan pulled it out, which yeah. is really great. Which I said with livers gone, though, that is a big loss, though. But yeah. If you've noticed in the NCAA, and I'm sure you've been watching, I like the fact that they extended the three-point line. And this is the reason why. I think it's opened up the mid-range in the post play. The post player is coming back, and Dickinson and the and what's his face? Um, what's his name from Illinois? What's the guy's last name from Illinois? The big man. Oh, Kobe, uh, Coburn? Co- Coburn. Co- Cockburn. Or Cockburn. Yeah. Is it Coburn <laughs> yeah. or Cockburn? Cockburn. Yeah. yeah. I think. I think so, that's how yeah, it's spelled. Yeah. But if you yeah. notice, the mid-range is coming back, and a lot of point guards are now using that old school come off the pick and roll with the one. What's so funny? I, ju- I just remember hearing on the radio talking about uh, <laughs> Illinois' big man, and they were <laughs> – I think they played a drop of of uh, Tom Izzo saying how we played a song against Cockburn, and then and they just started dropping a bunch of one liners. Like I think he had to change it to Coburn because if he was a kid, he was probably getting made fun of because of his last day. Draw your own conclusions from that. Yeah, Cockburn. Yeah, it is, yeah, obviously. Uh, he's, he's a yeah. I mean, a monster, and so is Dickinson. Two 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 big boys that have played well this year, and. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, anytime you, you know, the teams are spacing it out too, Derek. They're spacing the floor out more, which allows and 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 you create more of those driving mid-range opportunities, and guys ain't just chucking up threes. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely moving that way. You know, it's. Uh, that mid-range shot is one of the toughest shots to make from a guard standpoint because you got to put that ball on the hole two or three times and pull up, and you know it's not an easy shot. Yeah, it is. Now Michigan has Florida State. That's going to be tough. Um, Leonard Hamilton, yeah. even though he doesn't look a day over forty-one, is in his seventies, about seventy-two, seventy-three. Yeah. Uh, their athleticism. Now, remember, a few years ago, Michigan had to beat Florida State to get to the Final Four, so that'd be an interesting matchup. UCLA, Alabama. Yeah. Nate Oates coached at Romulus High School for about yeah. twelve years. Yeah. Then went on with Bobby Digital Hurley as an assistant. Yeah. Then did a heck of a job at Buffalo. Won a couple MAC Coach of the Years. Got a couple MAC tournament championships. And then goes to Alabama. Wins the SEC. And now has Alabama possibly looking at a Final Four at a football school? And yeah. there are Alabama yeah. alums saying that they're a basketball school now. No. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I actually have a friend who's an Alabama no, alum. No, no, I believe that, but no, let's, not, let's not go that way. You guys are still football. Nick, Daddy Saban is still there, and he's still – and even Nate Oates, I watched an interview with uh, Tiki and Tierney. He's, you know, he's, learned, he's learned a few things from uh, – uh, Nick Saban, but as long as, long as St. Nick is there, uh, you're you're still a football school. Nice try, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they this is the year they they got Kentucky and the other schools, Florida, that been. But Ball and Oats, that's what they're calling it down there. Ball and Oats. <laughs> the Hall uh, and Oats reference. Wow. Yeah, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's saying that? Is that people in your age group? Because I know there's no kids that know who Hall and Oats is. 
Hey, Derek, it, it just goes to show music just transcends from generation to generation. Oh, you I knew was. what I was talking about. Well, I, 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 I'm an 80s baby, so I know what all yeah. adults is, but come on, <laughs> some kid that was born in in 2000 in the late 90s, I'm pretty sure, uh, you know. Yeah. That's funny, though. I, I, I saw a sign that said Ball and Oats. Wow. And, uh, yeah, he likes, you know, he, at Romulus, a good friend of mine hired him at Romulus. Really? Coach. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Tell that story a little bit, because John Johnny V always has some good. Tell the Nate Oats I, story. I always have an angle on stuff. You're exactly right, Derek. So, um, fast, let's go back in, back in the day, 1990s. Um, well, even before that guy named Al Wilkerson was a, um, coach teacher at Romulus high school started there Mm -hmm. from in the seventies. He's from Adrian, Michigan originally. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he coached there at Romulus, Mm -hmm. uh, mid seventies to probably about 90 Coached uh, the long brothers, Terry Mills. He had three or four NBA players. He he coached Terry Mills. Oh yeah, he won the state championship. Yeah, because Romulus usually has some really good ball players. Yeah, eighty-seven, they won the state championship. Al Wilkerson was the coach. Wow. Now, uh, Al, um, they uh, they could uh, the movie White Shadow. Mm-hmm. The coach from from uh, uh, the, the movie, movie or the, the TV show. The TV show called The White Shadow was a uh, white guy with all black kids. black kids from <laughs> L.A. Well, that was Al. Okay. okay. Yeah. That was a sitcom in the seventies. Mm-hmm. That was really Al too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great guy. So, anyways, um, he uh, and then he became an administrator after that. Well, he was principal at, at Romulus, and he hires Nate out of Wisconsin. So Nate's says, from John, Wisconsin. Wow. Yeah. He okay. says, John, I got this. I got this. Is like two thousand three or so. Right. So I got this guy. He's a hell of a coach. He's going to be a hell of a coach named Nate Oates. So I, I've, uh, you know, talked to you a little bit, not much. I should have got to know him better because I'd be down in Alabama on the staff right now. They got so much money down there. He's got like five assistants making over a hundred thousand bucks. Oh yeah. And, uh, if it's a power five, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, the the top assistants usually making about 800,000, like at Kentucky and stuff in Florida, usually the top assistant makes about 800. I mean, that's pretty good. So Al was, Al was telling me this guy's a really good coach. Well, they started really winning big at Romulus Mm -hmm. and he started getting players, but he worked them. He got them in there shooting in the morning. Al was saying, I don't think we're going to keep this guy. Well, sure enough. He had a player named Matthews, and I forget his first name, EJ e. or something. E.C. Matthews went on to play at okay. Rhode Island. Okay. Yes. You Thank got, you, Frank. Frank, you're right on it, bro. Well, uh, he also had so Moss. He, he had Moss, who ended up becoming Mac Player of the Year, who had made a stop yeah, at Toledo yeah. but had a heart problem. So, so here's how here's how he got from Romulus to Buffalo as assistant. So he sends E.C. Matthews to Rhode Island. Well, who's the coach at Rhode Island? Danny Hurley. Danny, yeah. Who's at the time the was, yeah. Who's on the staff? Bobby Hurley. So then oh, Bobby right. realizes Nate can get some players. And <laughs> that's he, how the and game knows, works. <laughs> yeah, he knows the Midwest, and he's a hell of a coach. Great hire by Hurley. And I tell Al and I are talking. Al lives up in Plymouth now. Mm-hmm. I said, Nate's going to be the head coach in three, four years. He goes, what are you talking about? I said, Hurley's not going to last He's going to win and move on. That's his plan. He's not going to stay in Buffalo. Sure enough, you know, Hurley moves on to Arizona State. Nate takes over, and the rest is history. And uh, Al Al sends me pictures. He goes down there every year. Nate calls him. What should we do? We're not shooting free throws. And Al tells him what he's got to do. But Al's 70 now, lives in Plymouth, uh, owns a couple uh, restaurants, buildings. And we talk. And, uh, he, you know, he said that, uh, Nate, Nate loves it down there in Alabama. He's not going to move. They, they gave him that big deal and then he upped him a million or more a year now uh, to stay. So, but the, he, but, but they, the thing about it is, is that Nate O's was a high school coach for 12 years. This is a lesson for young coaches out there because a lot of young coaches just want to jump and get to the big time or, you know, they want to be a, uh, eighth grade coach and thinking four or five years they're going to be coaching Alabama or Kentucky and it's like exactly guys it doesn't it doesn't work that way yeah hey Derek 
I, I am going to tell you, you're exactly right. There's a lot of guys out there that are hired because they're recruiters and really don't know how to put a defensive uh, game plan uh, together. Frank and I have talked about this, how to put a defensive package together or just really know how to the feel for the game. And, and they're, they're missing the building blocks of how you become a good coach and Nate Oates is is a perfect example of why you know what it takes just like be, john beeline no question about it frank martin coached, they all started yeah. out as jv coaches went to varsity yeah. but you know they they're actually good coaches and do well yeah, with their talent they know. <laughs> and and coaches know who can coach too oh yeah you know when you coach a game and you're, you're thinking after the game my god i had to i had to make all these adjustments that guy knows what the heck he's doing that's how i determine a good coach because talent can vary. You could be a very good high school. Uh, you could have a very good team, be an average coach, mm-hmm. and win a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Or you could be an average coach or a good coach and not have much talent but win some games. So it's uh, they they know who can coach, who can't. And, and uh, But, yeah, I, Nate Oates, is, uh, he's done a great job. And it's a hard work, hard-working guy. And. They love him. He loves it. I, 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 you know, unless Indiana comes in with five, six mil, I think he's just going to stay down there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Archie Miller, or yeah, Archie Miller, right? He's gone. Yeah, that that to me, huh? that to me is his only logical move because he's from the Midwest. He wants to get back, but you know, he's had, uh, you know, his wife had cancer at, at Buffalo and survived mm-hmm. that. And wow, he's got three or four kids, so. I, I think they treat him well down there in, in Tuscaloosa. So, well, I, the, I think the, he's, well uh, you mentioned Indiana. I I'd heard that they had reached out to um, Chris Holtman, which I think that's kind. Of, I think that's kind of ridiculous because it sounds like he's happy at Ohio State. Well, he was at Butler in the, in the Indiana range. In, well, yeah, that's the connection. He was at Butler, but. You know, a lot of that too. Their agents try to get more money mm-hmm. out of Ohio State. Yeah, that is true. It's well, all a game. It's it's all a game when you get to that point. Yeah. You know, but here's dog a, and pony show. Here, here's another name I heard for Indiana, and it doesn't sound like a lot of people are too happy about it. Mike Woodson. Well, he's an Indiana alum. Well, yeah, he. I believe he was on the '76 team, right, with Quinn Buckner and them, right? Yeah, with Kent. Yeah, Benson. he's coached. He's he's coached in the NBA. He's mm-hmm. been a head yeah. coach and. Not um, didn't, yeah. hasn't that really been that successful? No, no twenty thirteen you know, they were successful with the Knicks. The last yeah. time the Knicks were a winning team was with Mike Woodson. Yeah, I mean he's he's been around. Uh, you know, I everybody's trying to like get the next Juwan Howard, right? <laughs> And uh, <laughs> that's kind of a, and that's another story where Juwan Howard has the relationship skills, but he grinded in the NBA. As an yeah. assistant coach, and that's why he's such yeah. a good coach because he was grinding. You know, some of these coaches, and, and I don't try to hate on different coaches. You know, everyone has a different path and everything like that. Yeah. People have to understand, yeah. though, when you're judging coaches, you got to judge how are they getting the most out of the talent that they have. Talent wins you ball games. I mean, it's almost like going to the Kentucky Derby. Are you going to win with a thoroughbred horse or a mule? Same thing with basketball. Like you said, if you don't have, you can be a great coach, but if you don't have any talent to match the other team's talent. Eh, majority of the time you're not going to win the game. And I think a lot of times people try to judge coaches on wins and losses instead of what the impact they have on the game and how they they develop players and and the like. It's always about wins, 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 when in actuality, let's think about it. I tell people all the time, yeah, I'm a a coach. I think I'm a pretty good coach, but I'm just the guy with the clipboard. I can drop a great play, but if if the team can't execute or they're turning the ball over, that ain't my fault, or if they can't, hit the broad side yeah. of a bar. That ain't my fault. I drew up the play, but they couldn't do it. I do take some responsibility, but my responsibility is developing the kids, making sure they're prepared for the games, and hopefully giving them a, putting them in an opportunity to succeed and be successful to hopefully win the games. But at the end of the day, the talent takes over, especially after the two-minute mark. Talent takes over to win the basketball game. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's it, what I look at is like, okay, let's do all things being equal. Then – who can do the most with what? And exactly. that's kind of more a summary of what you're saying, Derek. I'll tell you a guy that I think I would hire at Indiana, and it's not a sexy hire, but just think about what he's done 
at St. Bonaventure. This guy, I think his last coach met, I think his name is. Mm. Guy's been there 10 years. They've won like two or three league championships. He's got the worst facilities in the eight and oh, he's yeah, got Saint the Bonaventure's bad. The, the, it's in the middle know, of nowhere too. Yeah, yeah, it's in the it's right by the uh, Cherokee or Iroquois Indian Nation. Yeah, it only has and, one like and, one gas station in town. Yes, yeah, Bonaventure. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, this guy and and that's where Woj, your boy Woj, went to college, uh, Frank at Saint Bonaventure. Anyways. He was saying, I heard Wode saying, he says, well, he's our Bob McKillop, the guy at Davidson, you know, real mm-hmm. good coach that just has stayed there forever. And I think that guy will probably do the same at St. Bonaventure. But I'm going to tell you, that guy's done a, that guy has won every year. And you're like, St. Bonaventure, how, wh- wh- how's this guy getting it done? Well, he must have something. You know, can you imagine a guy like that in Indiana with all the resources? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, He'd be kind of, you know what? Kind of reminds me of like the guy at Rutgers. The guy he he's brought that Rutgers. Steve Peichel. Peichel, yes. Yeah, he's kind of reminds me of him. He's brought. They're kind of like a beeline type. Very unassuming. They just get it done. Yeah, no, no no top no top five recruits or anything like that. Last thing on the NCAA. Yeah, uh, your thoughts yeah. on Shaka Smart? He gets out of he bolts out of town, out of Austin, and goes up to Mark. Yeah, better fit I knew for him. As as, I, I knew as soon as he lost Abilene Christian, that wasn't going to last very long. So uh, they were ready to get rid of him. Uh, hopefully, he can rejuvenate his career at Marquette. Um, he won a Big Twelve know. title, though. Yeah, I mean, I have nothing against the guy. He did a good job at VCU. Of course, he took over for Grant. Mm-hmm. But uh, he his t- his kids play hard, and uh, I know a lot of people like him. Uh, he, you know, he played college ball at Wooster. Yes. Did you guys? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, so he's a Midwest guy. He's so from maybe, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Who's so, on the staff you know, at Akron with um, Dan Brown? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, hey, you know, uh, obviously Marquette thought enough of him to uh, hire him and. He got out of Texas before they, you know, rode him out of town. And, uh, but, you know, that's a tough job there anyways. I mean, Barnes had it going and had one or two, you know, subpar year and they got rid of him. So that's a, not an easy place to to coach think, down there. There's think, so much money and Well, I think in Texas and, they expect you to win a national championship. <laughs> Texas got to the national championship game against uh, Syracuse. In no, they, right? no, they or, lo- no, they lost to Hughes in the, fi- in the final four. Final four. So that was the year Hughes beat Kansas, Kansas and that was yes, okay. that was Roy Williams' last year at Kansas, Kansas where right. he said, I could give a four-letter word about North Carolina when they asked if he was going to go back to UNC, and, and then he did a year later. Yeah, and yeah. then got to the final yeah. four and two year, won the final four two years later. Um, but the thing about it is, if you look at Barnes, he's doing a pretty decent job in Tennessee. They had a lot of talent, NBA talent. You know, Lamarcus Aldridge, Kevin Durant, DJ Augustine. Oh God, yeah. But they yeah. just couldn't get it done. But some people are saying that the expectations are just not realistic at Texas. For one, and once again, it's a it's a football school. Yeah. But they want basically in final fours and championships there, and I totally understand. Well, and that. they got the money to do it. You know, they got their own television network. Right, but you can't throw money in everything, and they fix stuff. They're like the New York Yankees. Yes, college version. Oh, the equality. I didn't re- I, until I lived out in the West Coast, I did not realize they had their own television network. You know who else has one there, too? Notre it's Dame. BYU. BYU, yes. Notre Dame yeah. has their own deal with NBC. Now, what was your thoughts yeah. on the, the equality issues um, between the men and women's game? Everyone said it's been going on for years. It's kind of been that elephant well, in the room and nobody talks well, about it. Well, here, here's my take on it right here, okay? Um and, and I saw the article, comment, uh, kudos to the U- University of Toledo administration. They've really balanced their women's and, and men's program, and rightfully so. Uh, she's done a wonderful job. She's an excellent coach. Um, so, she's president of the know, WBCA, too. Yeah, she's sharp cookie. She's, so she's anyways, uh, you know, my take is, you know, you got to You can't. I mean, come on. The NCAA was, that's an embarrassment to them to put the weight room of the girls, hardly anything in the guys. And I mean, that's ridiculous. You know, um, I, I think, you know, it, it comes down to the other 
point is the other argument is on the other side as well where what are we looking at in terms of revenue and that's where um you know you there is a discrepancy of the revenue for the girls tournament versus the boys but um i i think you know i mean there's got to be some type of solution do i have the solution for it to equalize it i mean it you're talking a lot of money and balancing a lot of money and, and all that, but, you know, University of Toledo has got a pretty close, you know, budget for girls and boys. So, you know, it's uh, it's a tough deal, you know, because you're dealing with a lot of revenue from the boys' tournament and you're bringing in a lot and you got to please boosters and and uh, it's, it's – uh, but I, I like any time you address that, look at it and – they need to get a team of, uh, you know, to make sure nothing happens like this weight room thing that they had for, uh, you know, the teams. I guess my thing turn. is this, is that the NCAA should have known. That. I mean, let's face it, especially with the Power 5 schools. And, and I, have, I have a buddy that actually travels. He, try, he likes he, he, he works for Marathon, but he travels and he always stops at universities. And he's shown me pictures of facilities at Power 5 schools where the men and women are separate but equal. I mean, that's what they do. The men have a weight room. The girls, the women have a weight room. And I would tell you, some of the pictures he shows me of the women's practice court and their weight room facilities pretty much trump anything that's here at the University of Toledo. And for the NCAA to have those schools, because let's face it, a lot of times, you know, Power 5s are majority there um, and some of the higher mid-majors are there. For them to do what they did with that weight room was kind of disgusting, knowing that yeah. they have cream of the crop, yeah. especially like Oregon women. You know, come on. Come on. Everyone knows that in a lot of those Power 5 schools, the, the women's facility is, is top-notch and would blow away a lot of uh, mid-major facilities that probably would even blow away some men's facilities at mid to low major. So for them to get there and just give them some yoga mats – and one rack yeah. of weights that they probably found at Harbor Freight. Come on, <laughs> that 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 that's just, that's just sad. You know, that, I saw that. I like a whack a rack of weights. So what if I understand teams can't really join together? But if you got a team of girls in there, they can't even use the, the little um, yeah uh, dumbbells that they had there. I mean, it was just yeah, just, just that, a bad that, move. Like I said, they need to have some type of uh, you know, if anything good comes out of it. Some kind of oversight committee that will be able to, uh, you know, make sure everything is all above board and equal, and you know, right. And I understand. Every, I, understand every, I understand that everybody's the right. I understand the men's game brings in millions, and the women's game brings in hundreds of thousands. But even with hundreds of yeah. thousands, you still could have came in with a decent yeah. weight room, not some yoga mats you know that, that to me yeah. i thought was it now the swag bag and, and, and all that stuff gino and Ariema, they talked to him on an espn special as basketball as a basketball team as a coach i give a rat's behind about a swag bag because for one we're here for a bigger goal that's to win the basketball games and advance in the tournament so the swag bags are great but when you know when you're coaching basketball or even coaching football all that extra baloney crap you're not really caring about who cares you know okay great here's the swag bag great Let's move on. But you need to be worried about what opponent we're playing and, and what scout we put together for you. We're not worried about the swag bag. If, if you're a team worried about the swag bag, then you're probably a team that probably shouldn't be in the NCAA tournament or you're probably going to get bounced after one game. Well, I think, you know, they these guys, are, they're a lot like Frank. You know, he's all about style and substance. You know, <laughs> swag over the substance. La- hey, Frank's got the latest gear, hats. He does. He's wearing you know? Under Armour. You're, you're right. You know, you, you know I mean, Frank I really well. He, I thought you guys were sponsored by Under Armour, and if you're not, you should definitely look into it because I mean, Frank's like a walking billboard of uh, For Michigan State and Detroit. Now he doesn't wear his Red Wing swag, stuff as much. Swag and style. I mean, I, I can't even match his stuff. Right. I don't even want to be around Frank half the time because he makes me look so bad. <laughs> so, well, thanks so much, uh, John Vandefigate, for calling in. Great insight. Hey. And the Nate O story was really good. You always dropping gems here. You're like Wojnowski. Yeah. You got your uh, Johnny bombs. You know. Absolutely, guys. Hey, good talking to you. I got to run here. All right, man. Uh, Frank, we'll see you in soon. Take care, All bro. All right. Thanks, John. 
That was John Vanavakay here on 88.3 WTs. After further review, that, that, was, that was pretty good. Oh, yeah. John always brings some good stuff. Did you know he was going to do that or no? Uh, did I know? No. Was I surprised? Not at all. As usual, John Vanavakay's always doing this. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we return, um, did you notice I played the Holland Oats uh, instrumental? I, I thought I caught a little bit of that. It's like it's like I, I can't go for that because I now when I think of Holland Oats, I always think of this song. I can't go for that. Remember that song? Yeah, vaguely. Vaguely, yeah. You you, you were eighty nine, right? You were I was born eighty eight. Eighty eight. Okay, so you were a little you were a little too young for this, you know. This is this is that old man music that we like listening to. They got ball and oats. Now it's a, basically a mockery of Hall and Oats. Oh, the NHL did the first mockery of Hall and Oats when um, Adam Oates got traded from the Red Wings to the St. Louis Blues, and he was team, and he was on the same line as Brett Hall. They had Hull and Oates. Yes, and also I believe they had Maneater. Remember that? Uh, Hall and Oates had the Maneater. Oh, okay. You don't remember? Do you know any? I thought you were a DJ. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a. I wasn't really big into Hall and Oates. I know. Uh, I got a friend who is though. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I thought you knew what man, man Eater Instrumental, man. I mean, dun, dun, dun. Listen to this. You know this, don't you? Oh, now that I've heard it, yeah. Yeah, this Man Eater. Whoa, whoa, here she comes. She's a Man Eater. See, that's what I'm talking about. You can't be saying ball and oats, and people don't even know about these guys. Exactly. Classic stuff. When we return, um, I guess we'll do, looking at time here quick darren cones aau and then your recap of the season that'll end the show okay right, so i'm gonna find that one from darren cone with the recap and then we'll go from there all right Once again, good good stuff we'll take it actually we'll go out with this actually here we go man eater 88.3 cheese after further we'll be back after this what is everyone saying on there sailor krupp yeah, Tyler just dropping a what's up, uh, as, and then uh, and uh, Greg was saying hi. Of course, Blissfield plays Jefferson tonight for the district championship. Oh, and from the LCA, I see Erie Mason did pretty good. Shout out to B Rabbit Skags. Well, they ended up, they lost to Adrian Madison. Ooh, okay. In the semifinals, their girl, they great- their girls team actually ended up losing to. To Ypsilanti Arbor Prep. Okay. They got smoked by them, but Arbor Prep is just on a different planet. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I mean, I saw in the paper they had a great regular season, so be rabbit in them. Congratulations to them as Michigan is wrapping up the season. Yeah, I'll hit on uh, some of the district championships going on tonight and maybe preview a couple of the uh, some regionals for girls that'll be taking place on uh, Monday and Wednesday and uh, where. Uh, Bedford's girls will be at. Yeah. Round them up. Listen to 88.3 WGTs after further review. Make sure you always check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. It's WXGTs after further review with a picture of Frank Vashner and the horse's head. When we return, Darren Cohn and AAU basketball.